The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Hundreds of people coming together in Austin this weekend calling for the end of Operation Lone Star. What officials have to say on the border enforcement operation's effectiveness. And severe storms hit some Texas communities harder than others last night. An aerial look at the damage the storms left behind in North Texas. And behind that system, a perfect evening outside. We've got your weekend forecast in first warning weather. Well, this weekend marks the two-year anniversary of Operation Lone Star. And today, a group of immigration advocates and faith leaders are calling on Governor Greg Abbott to end his signature policy. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. As our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden reports, Republicans appear ready to pour even more money into the state's border efforts this session. They don't have the right and they don't have the authority to enforce federal immigration laws at the border. A group of immigration advocates say Operation Lone Star hasn't solved any problems for Texas border communities. We have spent so much money, and not just in the state, but in this country on border enforcement, but we have the highest number of encounters. Saying they don't see tangible success from the multi-billion dollar operation. Operation Lone Star has carelessly drained billions of tax dollars without any mechanism of accountability or transparency. New polling from the Texas Politics Project shows that Texans want to prioritize immigration and border security over other issues, with 24% of Texans ranking that as their top priority, opposed to issues like the economy, education, and property taxes. This fueling top Republicans' promise to continue funding OLS. Texas will continue to do more than any state has ever done in the history of the United States of America to secure our border. Billions of I asked Speaker of the House Dade Phelan last month how lawmakers are measuring its success. He did not name specifics. Well, we're going to hear from uh, boots on the ground. What works down there and what is not working down there, right? But Phelan has been teasing ahead to a new strategy to challenge the federal government's authority on immigration. I think the Texas House is going to have a very innovative solution coming out very soon. As Monica Madden reporting, tomorrow morning, more Texans will be rallying at the Capitol to oppose Operation Lone Star. And it comes as Governor Greg Abbott is measuring the operation's success by the numbers, citing more than 25,000 criminal arrests and nearly 400,000 doses of fentanyl seized. Going in depth right now, according to a February poll by UT Austin's Texas Politics Project, 49% of surveyed Republicans think immigration and border security should be the, le the legislature's top priority. 3% of Democrats voted the same way. Border security topped the list of issues Republicans believe the state is spending too little on. And this as state spending on border security more than doubled in the current two-year budget. The San Marcos Police Department is asking for the public's help identifying a suspect involved in a hit and run that left a 61-year-old man injured. It happened on January 25th around 5.30 a.m. along South Guadalupe Street. The man was treated for a broken leg and has since been released from the hospital. The driver is still at large. If you have any information, call the San Marcos Police Department. Well, the parents of a man killed by Austin police during a hostage situation in 2021 filed a lawsuit against APD and several officers involved in his death. According to APD, the man Jordan Walton crashed a car into a home and then broke into another home and took a woman and her 10-year-old child as hostages. Police say he then exited and re-entered the home several times using the child as a human shield. That's when an officer fired the deadly shot. The family claims Jordan was pointing his gun upward in a gesture of surrender. The lawsuit says Jordan experienced paranoia and other mental health issues after he started taking some new medication. 
It also says the family told officers about his condition, but negotiation and mental health officers were not called to the scene. Well, in one Massachusetts police department, mental health clinicians are working side by side with police officers. And it's not a new initiative for this department. As Jeff Sapperstone tells us, these officers consider this pairing critical to doing their job well. When Framingham police officer Julie Volk gets a call, she's not alone. I am a resource for anything that anyone needs. This is Cassie McGrath. She's not a police officer, but she's on the road with one every day. Are people surprised to see you at scenes? I think sometimes. I think, you know, who's this person getting out of the passenger seat of a cruiser not in uniform? Cassie is a clinician who works for Framingham Police. She's part of the department's co-response program, a program that pairs officers with mental health professionals. How important is it having somebody like Cassie with you on some of these calls? It's critical. I mean, it's a, it's a huge resource that we as officers now have. Sometimes, especially when people are in a mental health crisis, um, sometimes even just the simple fact that I'm in uniform and she's not can um, be a big factor. The program has been in place in Framingham for 20 years, and the department says it's working. Last year, it says 488 people were referred to the co-response program. In situations where an arrest could be made, 94% were not placed in custody. I think it's a necessary component to policing. In fact, Deputy Chief Sean Riley says in his 30 years in law enforcement, he couldn't imagine not having a co-response program. Why not have a clinician that may be able to de-escalate a situation, um, save a life, not only the, uh, the person's life, but maybe save an officer's life. Could, but like I said, it's such a resource, it's such an addition to the department that I don't think I would want to work a shift where we don't have a clinician available to us. And these officers believe if other departments implement this type of program, it could change how policing is done all across the country. Well, here at home, officials announced that 300 housing vouchers will be allocated to housing projects around Austin as part of the city's effort to end homelessness. The 300 vouchers have a price tag of over $93 million and will be utilized over the next 20 years. Each of these housing vouchers cost around $1,300 a month. The goal is to lift up our homeless neighbors, provide them with a safe place to call home, and then connect them to critical case management and supportive services, including access to community-based health care, educational support, job training, and life skills. And the resources are reserved for Austin's chronically homeless and will offer those critical supportive services, as you just heard, to ensure the individuals and families stay housed. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, six minutes after the hour, and it is a beautiful Friday evening. If you're thinking about going for a walk or maybe out to an outdoor happy hour, it is 71 degrees at the Palms Car Wash up in North Austin. This is going to be a busy spot. All the car washes in town after that brown West Texas dust rained down on our outdoor vehicles last night, just as we thought it might. Current temperatures mid and upper 60s up north, 72 degrees in Austin. The humidity is low. The wind has died down. This is all setting the table for a picture-perfect first weekend of March. The winds have died down to 5 to 10 miles per hour. Coming up, I'll show you who had a 62-mile-per-hour wind gust last night. 
We've got a picture-perfect weekend. I'll show you how warm the afternoons get, when a little fog is possible, and also your first warning on a late-season cold snap. Daniel? All right, thank you very much, David. And as storms swept through parts of the state last night, communities in North Texas saw some major damage. Winds in excess of 80 miles per hour ripped off roofs and cut power to tens of thousands of residents in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. In total, there were reports of at least six tornadoes and hundreds of flights in and out of Dallas were either canceled or delayed. So far, there are no injuries associated with this latest outbreak of severe weather. A new SpaceX crew boarding the International Space Station. The hurdles they faced in the final steps of their journey. And testing the power of Starlink satellites inside the disaster drill in Japan that could lead to further insight in the strength of Starlink Internet. NASA's SpaceX Crew-6 has successfully arrived at the International Space Station. The SpaceX Dragon capsule docked with the space station around 1.40 this morning. The mission ran into a slight snag just as the docking process was set to begin. According to the space station, there was an issue with a faulty hook sensor on the capsule. But ground controllers were able to send up some software that took care of the issue. Over the next few days, the Crew-6 astronauts will work to transition duties from the four members of the Crew-5 team who've been on the space station since this past October. Crew-6 astronauts will stay aboard the ISS for six months. Japanese telecommunication company KDDI tested Starlink broadband internet service during a disaster drill yesterday. The exercise was based on the scenario that an earthquake destroyed base stations and smartphone connection was lost. The telecommunication communications company plans to dispatch vehicles carrying Starlink equipment to restore communications. KDDI currently possesses 200 portable Starlink base stations and aims to start operating them this spring. A soldier who died at Fort Worth and his mother looking for answers. What she's doing on Capitol Hill this week to advocate for accountability. Last night's rain was beneficial and welcome. Official totals for the day ending up at 1.09 inches, leading to a healthy total so far early in the month in the city. Out at the airport a little less. We still got two-thirds of an inch, though. Find your totals on a map on KXAN.com under the weather tab. Your beautiful weekend forecast and a change next week coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. The mother of a Fort Hood soldier who unexpectedly died while asleep in his barracks is on Capitol Hill this week. She's asking lawmakers to pass legislation for more medical accountability in the military. She says her son's death was preventable. Anna Wernicke is in Washington with more. Margie Taylor spent the week walking the halls of Congress, telling lawmakers about her son, Joey. I'm a gold star mom, and I'm going to do whatever I can to prevent a blue star mom from turning gold. Taylor's son, Army Specialist Joey Lenz, went to sleep in his barracks at Fort Hood Army Base 13 months ago and never woke up. I said, something's wrong with this. I just talked to him at 930 at night. 
January 31st. He didn't just die. Taylor says when he died, her son was taking several medications prescribed to him by military doctors. But she says that was a mistake because some of those medications shouldn't be given to someone with the heart condition documented in her son's medical records. Like in civilian life, you would do blood tests before you get pharmaceuticals because that makes you accountable, right? Taylor is pushing for a bill that would require more extensive annual physicals for service members, including EKGs, neurological tests, and blood work. And she also wants more oversight for prescriptions and transparency for medical records. Why does their gun, their weapon, get better care than the person who pulls the trigger? Taylor is asking lawmakers to include those provisions in the annual National Defense Authorization Act. I am here to prevent another mother, father, husband, wife going through what I've been through, losing a loved one. And if you can just have a regular physical, why not do that? In Washington, I'm Anna Warnicky. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, get the sunglasses on and the sunscreen ready for your weekend plans. It is going to look just about like this for the next three days. San Marcos camera, our new one down at the West Shore home, 72 degrees here near the Texas State campus, completely sunny skies. And look at this, the pollen count, actually most of this trending downward thanks to the recent rain. Oak, cedar, these are taken out of the air and temporarily deposited in the ground. Mold, though, always likes moisture, so the mold count is up. Page two, a little more crowded than we'd like, but all of these are staying in low concentrations as well. Not a cloud around across the state after at least five or six tornadoes reported northeast of our area. None confirmed here, even after a few warnings last night. But look at this. The same storm system is now creating havoc up in the Great Lakes and the northeast tonight. Meanwhile, we are just left high and dry and perfect for the next couple of days behind it. The wind gusts last night here were severe. Even technically speaking, 58 miles per hour or greater makes a severe thunderstorm wind gust. We had that at all these communities listed. Burn it, 62 mile per hour gust. We also had some strong winds in Dripping Springs and San Marcos, over 55 miles an hour. Hour, maybe cause some minor tree damage near you. The Saturday forecast, though, has nothing of the sort. Clear skies, a nice, cool, crisp morning. And even though 82 degrees is a little warm by any measure of the uh, imagination, especially by our average high, which is close to 70 this time of the year, the humidity is going to be so low. I think it will feel very, very comfortable tomorrow. Now, tomorrow night, a little humidity sneaks back in from the coast as a light south wind returns. As you know, this can lead to some morning fog, especially east of I-35. Low visibility is here possible early Sunday morning, but it'll burn off pretty quickly and the rest of your Sunday uh, looks wonderful. Sunday brunch plans will be in the 60s at 10 a.m., upper 70s by early afternoon, heading again for close to 80 degrees. Now, even though it looks wonderful the next couple of days, we have your first warning beyond the seven-day forecast. We're looking a ways out here on a pretty significant change and a potentially late-season cold snap. Here's the storm system responsible. Our computer model is projecting it forward, showing that it takes its time getting here. Here we are at the end of next week, almost a full week away, with finally some rain, clouds, and possibly some cold air being dragged down into our area. Our 8- to 14-day outlooks, even beyond that period, show that that cold air may actually kickstart an extended chillier than normal stretch for South by Southwest music. This is for March 11th through 17th. Also some wetter weather possible here at home during that period as well. Just a real preliminary look. I know some of the gardeners are asking about last freeze dates. Remember, it is typical to get our last freeze in the hill country in mid-March, and we may get one next week there. The coldest period preliminarily looks like next weekend, so just over a week from now. During that time, Austin's highs could be in the 50s, maybe some upper 30s for lows 
in town. And yes, that does mean that Hill Country, which is always colder, could see a springtime freeze. We'll keep you updated as this will need fine tuning. Of course, it is beyond the seven day forecast. So uh, we'll be processing new data though as it approaches. Tonight's forecast, 46 degrees, clear skies, calm winds, jacket weather if you're getting up early. Otherwise, it is just perfect tomorrow. Warm temperatures by afternoon as a light south wind returns. On Sunday, another gorgeous day, warm and getting more humid early next week. We're not able to see the coldest part of that coming cold snap yet, but cooler air slowly filtering in next Thursday and Friday with a 40 to 50% chance of some additional rain. A massive ship that was lost for more than a century found at the bottom of the lake footage of the sunken ship frozen in time. A ship that sank in Lake Huron over a century ago has been found. Historians and underwater archaeologists actually found the ship back in 2019, but kept it a secret for years to prevent divers from disturbing it before photo and video documentation was finished. In 1894, the 190-foot Ironson collided with a grain hauler on a stormy night on the massive lake, and both of them sank. The ship's captain and six sailors tried to escape in a lifeboat, but it was dragged under before it could be detached from the ship. Only two crewmen survived. These shipwrecks are a moment frozen in time, and when we go visit visit these sites, and this one that you know no one has seen for almost 130 years, uh, it, it's it's the first look at it, and it's that moment frozen there for us to study and learn about the past. And the ship now sits hundreds of feet down. It remained preserved for so long due to the cold, fresh water of the lake. Well, right now, picture this. You're driving during a storm like the one we had here in Austin last night. You swerve to avoid an animal and end up crashing into a canal. That's what happened to one man in Florida whose iPhone actually called 911 by itself and led deputies to find and rescue him. It's all thanks to one setting loaded into the phone. The owner of this iPhone was in a serious car crash and is not responding to their phone. The emergency location is Our dispatch system takes those numbers, puts it into a rapid SOS system, which tells them the nearest street, intersection, or address that our deputies or fire rescue can respond to. Well, it's a life-saving setting all current iPhone users have. If you go into your iPhone settings and into emergency SOS, the next screen presents you with a few options. One is for crash detection, and we do know that many Android phones also have similar features. All right, tonight on KXDN, we have Lopez versus Lopez at 7, Grand Crew at 7.30, and then Dateline NBC at 8, following the Alex Murdoch case. And we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.